Hello, brothers and sisters. I'm excited, and I'm very happy to start another week of teachings. Glory, hallelujah. We're going to talk about eternal beings. That's who we are. We are eternal beings. Glory, hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. Father, because I am an eternal being, because I have eternal life, reveal to me the correct message. Reveal to me the correct words. Move upon my lips and my tongues to release what need to be released at this time in the appointed history. And let my words be edification. Let my words be prophetic. And let my words heal, Lord, and deliver, Lord, and, and bless in the name of the Lord Jesus. Let's go to Ephesians, the first chapter. My pastor been preaching out of this. And I, and I feel led to preach out of it because God is speaking to us even in this season. Glory, hallelujah. Ephesians 1 and at verse 3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath, past tense, who hath, blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Now, hath means past tense. He has already blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Now, I'm going to give you a heads up of where I'm going this week. What God is doing is God is taking your divine roadmap, your divine destiny, your divine promises, and he's revealing them to you in the word of God. And he's revealing them to you in your spirit. Now, what happens is when we come to this earth, we get corrupted because of sin. And it dulls our ears to hear the voice of God. It doesn't mean God is not speaking. It just means that our ears are dull of hearing. But as a person began to get into thanksgiving and to get into praise and to get into worship and to get into reading and, and stuff like that, anything that pertains unto the Lord, his ears awaken to hear the Spirit of God. What God did was he declared the end from the beginning. Your whole life has already been prepared for you before the foundation of the world. I'm going to reveal that to you in the, in the next verse. Ephesians 1 and that verse 4, it says, according as he have chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Now, before the foundation of the world, you existed in a spiritual sense. You existed in the spirit realm. Jesus, another place in scripture, it says that Jesus was slain before the foundation of the world. If he was slain before the foundation of the world, right, that means it already happened in the spirit realm. That means he had to be slain for some people. That means God had already created people in the spirit and he knew everything that was going to happen, and he sent Jesus to redeem those men and women out of sin, 
He knew the whole plan before the foundation of the world. Why am I saying this? What I'm saying is the word of God as revealed in scripture is God's attitude. Uh, it is God's opinion of you. It is God's plan for your life. When God writes something like, I would have it that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospered. That's God's word on that. That's God's opinion about that. That's God's attitude towards that, that he wants you to prosper. Well, the devil going to always say the opposite. His, his will is that you not prosper and that you be in bad health and that your soul not prosper. He's always, he always has the opposite of God. So if you hear somebody saying, well, God put this sickness on you to teach you a lesson. Uh, no, man. The devil put that sickness on you because his will is that you be sick. See, the, the, God didn't put the sickness on Job. The devil put the sickness on Job. Job said that God give it, that God take it away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. One problem with that was it wasn't the Lord that was taking it away. The Lord gave it, but the Lord didn't take it away. So that was the only part of that statement that was wrong. He said the Lord give it. The Lord take it away. We'll scratch that out. Blessed be the name of the Lord. We'll keep that part. Well, God, before the foundation of the world, saw you in a certain light. And he said that you are blessed, not cursed. You're blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now, the reason we need prophets, or you should pray, the Bible says covet to prophesy, and we need the gifts of the spirit, like words of knowledge. But the, what, the, what, what that is, is God gives the prophet or a person that has a gift of prophecy. See, just because you have a gift of prophecy don't mean you are a prophet. The prophet is a ministry office. But all can have a gift of prophecy, just like all can speak in tongues, just like all can interpretate tongues, just like all can get words of knowledge, just like all can get words of wisdom. All can receive whatever their heart desire from the Lord simply by covenant uh, or, or covet, uh, or covet the best gifts. That's what Paul said, covet the best gifts. In other words, have a burning desire to prophesy, a burning desire to, to, uh, to have words of knowledge. So what God does is he gives a person that's operating in that gift a image of God's will for that person's life. Now, why does God do it that way. He want a person to see the will for their life so that they can partner with his opinion. They can partner with his words and not with the words of Satan. What Satan does is he starts from when you're a child and he tries to build himself into your spirit. Now, if, if, if God could get more Christians to have more babies, he could take those Christian parents and build his his words, his revealed will into that child's life. And when that child is matured, he will become a powerhouse. Now, God was speaking to spirits that was already mature. These spirits was grown men and grown women. I remember one prophet, he got caught up to heaven and saw a vision. He said, in heaven, an old lady prayed for was hugging him saying, thank you, precious brother. And he said she was about 18 you know, years old or 21 years old. I can't remember somewhere in that, that, uh, that age range. And he saw people, they got saved. He said, he brought them to the law and they was in their 90s, some of them. And when they was in heaven, they were saying, my precious brother, hugging him. 
and they was they was a young man. Well, see, in, in the spirit realm, you don't age, and you're not a baby either. You see what I'm saying? You are fully mature. See, but in order for you to come to this realm, God has to slow you down and reverse time, because He is no time in heaven. Time is suspended, and then He places your spirit into your body, your mother's womb, and you got to be educated. You got to grow up in this realm. So God sent a prophetic gift, words of knowledge, words of wisdom, to re-educate you of what you really are in heaven so that you can partner with the words of heaven to create them out of your mouth to cause your spirit and the spiritual things around you to align. How many people understand what I'm saying? That's why I'm big on confession. Confession of the word, is it, what is written is already God's revealed word that he's not giving you a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. So you should say, I refuse to fear. When, when the devil releases fear on the news media every night and calls people to reverb what has been, or echo what has been said on the news, that's how he preaches. Satan preached through CNN and MSNBC. He preached that away. And he gets you to repeat, and the regular uh, local news, repeat Satan's desire, that you be in fear. But God's desire is that you fear not, that you have perfect love, which drives out fear, that you're not fearful of anything. That is God's revealed will. And that's why, see, you need the word is a more sure word of prophecy. So you can get written prophecies and you can get spiritual prophecies, which is a rhema. Got a lot to say. I'm out of time. Be blessed. Hello, brothers and sisters. Hello, internal, eternal beings. That's who you are. Glory. When you believed on Jesus Christ, you received eternal life, and you shall not partake in the second death. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? Do you believe the report of the Lord? Whose report are you going to believe? Father, I bless the hearers of my words. For, Lord, you've given me the tongue of the learned to speak a word in season to them that are weary. Glory. Whose report, brothers and sisters, are you going to believe? Say this. I will believe the report of the Lord. Say it again. Say, I will believe the report of the Lord. Let's go back to the first chapter of Ephesians. Glory. And let's start again at verse 3. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath passed him, blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good will of his pleasure, according to the good pleasure of his will, I meant to say, to the praise and glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. Now, do you feel accepted by the Lord Jesus have you committed some sin or 
missed it, where you think that you're not accepted by the Lord Jesus? Did you know that sin is what Jesus died for, that he died for the ungodly? Did you know that? You ought to read the fifth chapter of Romans. Jesus actually died for the ungodly. He actually literally paid for your sins because the wages of sins is death and the gift of God is eternal life. If, if it's a gift, how can you earn it? How can men take it from you if it's a gift? If it's a gift, why is it based on whether you sin or don't sin? Why is it based off your own holiness if it's a gift? See, it's not based off your own holiness. Now, I want to ask you this. Who you who are you going to believe? You're going to believe the word of God or you're going to believe the opinions of men? God has made you accepted in the beloved. See, he has chosen you in him in the fourth chapter. You was chosen in him when? before the foundation of the world. If you weren't chosen in him before the foundation of the world, you wouldn't be listening to me right now. You'd be somewhere listening to something else. You'll be doing something else. But right now you're listening to me. And the Lord has revealed to me by his Holy Spirit that everybody's listening to me right now have been chosen in him before the foundation of the world. Let me ask you this. Do you believe the Lord just told me that? See, a lot of people did not enter in because of unbelief. Do you believe you was chosen in him before the foundation of the world? If you do, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Say this. Say, I am redeemed of the Lord. Say this. Say, I am chosen in him before the foundation of the world. See, God chose you in him before the foundation of the world, that you should be holy and without blame before him in love. What made you holy? The uh, Hebrews, the 10th chapter, talks about you was made holy by the blood of Jesus. You was made perfect by the blood of Jesus. By one offering, he hath forever perfected them, and you are sanctified forever. You have eternal life. Say this. Say, I am eternal being, and I have eternal life. Say this. Say, God is not imputing my trespasses to me. See, God is not imputing. When you miss it, God is not imputing that sin to you. He laid that sin on the cross, on the Lord Jesus Christ. You cannot offend God by trying to get to heaven based off your own holiness, based off your own righteousness. You know that's offensive to God. You're going to live holy enough where you can go to heaven off your life. Now, he didn't tell you to go be a heathen and practice sin either. Don't misinterpret it. But you aren't going to heaven based off your own holiness and based off your own righteousness. You receive this thing as a free gift. God knew that men would sin. That's why he sent Jesus. See, he wouldn't have had to send a man to die for your sins if you wasn't going to sin. The Bible says the lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. If, 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 if you weren't, weren't going to have to forgive people, God wouldn't have had to send Jesus. He wouldn't have had to forgive you. If you wasn't going to miss it, he wouldn't have had to send Jesus. If people wasn't going to miss it and do things to you, he still wouldn't have had to send Jesus. Everything would have been perfect. But God knew that you was going to miss it, and he knew people was going to miss it doing stuff to you, and you was going to miss it doing stuff to people. That's why he sent Jesus to pay for your sins. And that's why he says, 
The only way you can get out of fellowship with him is unforgiveness. See, unforgiveness, he'll turn you over to the torments. So you are required to forgive as Christ has forgiven you. Let's go to Romans, the fifth chapter. Hallelujah. And let's start at verse six. I want to prove to you what I was saying. Verse six, it says, when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. How many thought that Christ died for the, for the perfect? That Christ died for the men that was perfect, that the men that never did anything wrong. You want me to tell you a secret? All have sinned and come short of the glory. Why? Because you were sent to this lower level to get in this flesh. That's why you were seated together in heavenly places with Christ Jesus before the foundation of the world. Just like Jesus was slain before the foundation of the world, you was with him before the foundation of the world. God told Jeremiah, before you was formed in the womb, you was already created. Glory, hallelujah. He said, before you were formed in the womb, I sanctified thee. Glory, hallelujah, I called you a prophet. And you, and you said, oh, God, I can't speak for a child, for I'm a child. That All this is in the first chapter of Jeremiah. If you go back to Genesis, you'll learn that in the first chapter of Genesis, God created the spirit. And in the second chapter of Genesis, he formed the body and then blew his spirit into his body. Hallelujah. One place I was reading in, in the book of Kings or one of them, when, when, when uh, the guy stabbed this guy, he said the dirt came. In other words, you was formed from the dust of the ground. God called it dirt, your flesh dirt. But see, you're not a dirt being. You are a spiritual being. That's why the prophets and pro people with a prophetic gift, people that get words of knowledge, they can look into your future and declare God's uh, de destiny for your life. But this is the thing. You have a free will. You can choose to declare God's destiny and God's will for your life, or you can choose to declare what they're saying on the news for your life, or declare what, what mama and them done told you, what daddy them done told you, what sister them and brother them, and all of them, what they saying and what them said. But you know what? If mom and daddy and them said some good things, they did well. But if mom and daddy and them said some bad things, they didn't do well. But see, they can be forgiven too. What you need to learn to do is declare over yourself what God has said. When something is happening in your life that disagrees with, this, with the, what the Spirit saying, disagrees with what the Word saying, because the Word is the Spirit of God, because Jesus is the Word, when things are happening that's contrary to the Word, don't partner with that. Partner with what the Word of God says. Glory, for the Word is a more sure word of prophecy. That's why Jesus in the fourth chapter of Luke he drove out the devil with, it is written, it is written, it is written. Why? Because it was declared before it was written. Hallelujah. It was declared in the heavens before it manifests in the earth. It was declared in the heavens before it was spoken in the earth. Whatever is written in the word of God was already declared before the foundation of the world. God was with Jesus before the foundation of the world. Hallelujah. They're the same person. And everything that is written in the word was declared before the foundation of the world. And your life was declared before the foundation of the world. It's just everybody don't listen to the voice of God. Everybody don't partner with the voice of God. That's why you see people never arise. That's why you see them never get off the dirt. That's why you see them stay at that lower level. Because you must learn to have a strong confession. You must learn to have the right confession. You must learn to release the right words. Because the words that you release, they are a spirit and they are spiritual. 
I got a lot to say, brothers and sisters, but I'm out of time. Be blessed. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a great day. Glory, hallelujah. Glad to be with you, brothers and sisters, on this Wednesday. Glory, I'm about to release words of faith. Glory, prophetic words, words of edification, words that are going to save your soul. I say to you, brothers and sisters, hear, hear my words, hear my words. Don't submit to the spirit of fear, says the Lord. Do not submit to the spirit of fear, says the Lord. The Lord is saying strong in my spirit. Do not submit to the spirit of fear. Say it again. Say, I will not submit to the spirit of fear. I will not submit to the spirit of fear. Say this. Say, the Lord has not given me a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. Glory. I feel it strong in my spirit. I was trying to go somewhere else. God is saying, don't submit to fear. The only way the enemy can stop you, brothers and sisters, is what the Lord is saying to me if you submit to fear. Don't submit to fear. Don't submit to fear. Don't submit to fear. Don't submit to fear. Fear of man. Don't, don't submit to the fear of man. For the fear of man bring it a snare. Bring it a snare. The fear of man bring it a snare. The fear of man bring it a snare. Fear is a door opener to things that are demonic. Fear opens the door to the things you do not desire. But see, when things get hard, brothers and sisters, you declare what the word of the Lord is saying. Glory. For the Lord has chosen you, brothers and sisters, before the foundation of the world. Glory, hallelujah, that you should be holy without blame in him in love. Glory, hallelujah, the Lord is leading me you know, I, I was going to go somewhere else, but the Lord, when I started talking, the Lord is leading me to Psalms 91. And um, Psalms 91 in that verse 1, it says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. What is that secret place? The secret place is the Lord Jesus Christ. The secret place is your prayer closet, communication, fellowship with God. That's your secret place. God dwells in your body. Your body is that secret place. He don't dwell in the temples made with men's hands. He dwells in you. You know, my pastor said something that came as revelation to me uh, this past Sunday. He said in the, in the book of Matthew, he said that, uh, when, when two or three are gathered together in his name, there is him in the midst of them. Jesus spoke that before he had died, rose again, went to heaven and released himself into your body called the Holy Spirit. Well, it don't take two or three to gather together anymore for him to be in the midst. He is in the midst of you all the time because he's in you. See, he was telling the disciples, I'll be with you and even in you. He wasn't in them yet. See, because he hadn't died and went to heaven and released himself in the form of the Holy Spirit back into their bodies. But Jesus said he'll never leave you nor forsake you. See, verse 2, the writer of the Psalms 91 had, look, listen to his confession. You don't believe in confession? If you read this word of God, especially Psalms with a spiritual revelation, you would see that David was, was a man that shone up 
let's use an old Southern colloquial expression. He shall enough confess the word. Listen to him. I will say, verse 2. Somebody say, I will say. Say it again. I will say of the Lord. You got to say somebody your mouth. You can't be around there saying, I don't talk that much. You got to pray or say. Saying is praying and praying is saying. Glory. The Bible say, if you would say to the mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in your heart, but believe that those things which you say it shall come to pass, you shall have whatsoever you say. You can say things without praying things, but praying is saying. Let me say that again. You can say things without praying things, but praying is saying. So it says, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. I want you to say that, say that confession. All right, take a breath. Breathe in and don't blow out. Breathe in. I'm going to breathe in and I ain't going to blow out. Breathe in. I will say of you, Lord, you are my refuge and my fortress. My God in you will I trust. Now breathe out. See, I will say of the Lord, inhale the light, brothers and sisters. Inhale that word into your spirit. Let's do it again. Breathe in. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him will I trust. Now breathe out. See, you need to inhale the word. You need to ingest the word. You need to eat the word till it gets down into your spirit or in your belly. See, he told the prophet Ezekiel, one of those prophets, he said, eat this. Oh, glory, eat that word. You need to inhale the word. Inhale the light. Inhale the light. Inhale the light. Let the light of the word get down in your spirit. I will say to the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him will I trust. Listen to this. Verse 3. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. Somebody, you got anybody out? Who, who is scared? You scared to go to sleep at night or scared of somebody going to get you or whatever? The Bible says, surely. If you hadn't, if you would meditate this, it'll take away fear. You you take a take a breath. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snout of fowl, or he shall deliver me from the snout of fowl and from the noise and pestilence. From the noise and pestilence. Exhale. What is a noise and pestilence? What you see going out there now in the world? Pestilence. They make a, a lot of noise about it. A lot of noise about what's going on on the news. In the newspaper, a lot of noise. It's just noise. The Lord shall deliver you. The Lord shall deliver you. You got to meditate. Meditate means to mutter or to say over and over and over again until you believe it. See, you remember I was saying the other day, do you believe it? Who shall believe God's report? I could tell a lot of people don't believe it by what, what I see them do, Why? what I hear them say. I know what you believe by what you say. Glory, hallelujah. And you know what I believe by what I say. Your word, you cannot separate a man from his word, just like you cannot separate God from his word. That's why I said the word is God. You cannot separate God from his words. If God say you believe on him, you shall have eternal life. If you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, he meant it. And don't you let nobody tell you different. Don't let nobody tell you, well, you're not going to heaven because you dyed your hair blue. Well, I don't like folks doing that. What I what they should care about what I don't like. Now, to be honest with you, it don't bother me if you die pink. I don't care. But if some people don't don't like that, they think it's not holy. But they think it's not holy. God never said anything about it. He said, "Don't add to, don't take from." So you you should leave it alone. P 
People can do what they want to do. But when you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you have eternal life and you're governed by his word. Now, I ain't saying you should do anything you want to do uh, contrary to the word of God. No, you have to read the word and get a good discipline. But let me finish reading this. Glory. He shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth, which is the word, shall be thy shield and buckler. You know what my shield is? I got the shield of faith. I got faith in the word of God. When I put the shield of faith up, how you put the shield of faith up, Brother King? Well, you got to go to the Wars Army Navy store, and you got to buy a shield and walk outside with a shield up so you can't get sick. No, that ain't it. You put the shield of faith up by confession. Glory, hallelujah. No evil shall befall me. That's what I'm getting to. Well, we're doing a confession here. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that fly by day. You shall not be. Now, you need to make that out of confession. I shall not be afraid. I shall not be afraid by terror by night. Now, let me tighten up because I'm running out of time. Nor for the pestilence that walking in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasted at noonday. I'm not scared of it. Now, if you want to be scared of it, that's your uh, choice. But I tell you to stop doing that. Stop that junk in the name of Jesus. I said stop it in the name of Jesus. Some of you need me to talk to you that way. Glory, hallelujah. A thousand shall fall out thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eyes shall I behold and see the reward of the wicked. But because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high thy habitation, there shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. How are you going to do that? For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. Now, you need to make all of that out of confession. I was going to do it, but I'm out of time. You need to make it out of confession, make it personal. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Be blessed. Hello, brothers and sisters. I want you to uh, inhale a breath, and I want you to make this confession out of Psalms 91 and verse 16. Inhale. With long life will the Lord satisfy me and show me his salvation. Exhale. Let's say it again. Inhale. With long life will the Lord satisfy me and show me his salvation. Exhale. Now, look, if the Lord is going to give you long life, that means you can't be killed by anything that's out there right now, right? Whose report you going to believe? Read Psalms 91. I challenge you, brothers and sisters, and make it out of your own personal confession. I mean, take your time. Read it slow by slow. Let the Lord give you something that I hadn't even seen in there. And you personalize it and make it out of confession. We're talking about eternal beings. See, eternal beings have eternal life. And you get that eternal life by believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. Eternal life, Jesus Christ. Eternal life, Jesus Christ. That's how it works. There's no other name above heaven and earth that men must call on to be saved but the name Christ Jesus. I have faith in that name. You have faith in that name. God has chosen you in him before the foundation of the world. Now let's go to Jeremiah, the first chapter, because you are eternal being. That means God can re release men and women visions to show you his plan for your life, that they might prophesy to you and cause you to walk into that divine plan. How many of you that had saw yourself doing this and saw yourself doing that and had a strong desire to do this? 
a strong desire to do that. And if you might have told, made a mistake and told somebody about it, they might say, you sound crazy. You might have told somebody, I'm going to be ministering to millions of people, and they might look at you. You, I know you're a knucklehead. You ain't hitting on nothing. Somebody might have thought that. But see, just because they thought that, that don't mean that uh, God th- think like them. God say, my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither my ways are your ways. God don't think like they think. They see you as a nobody. God sees you as a somebody. But it, but I shouldn't just say that and make it a whole generality because it all, it, it's people out there that do see you as somebody. It's people out there that do see you blessed. It's people out there that do see you highly favored, and I'm one of them. Well, in Jeremiah, the first chapter, it said the words of Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah, of the priests that were in Anapta, I can't pronounce that, in the land of Benjamin, to whom the word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah, in the 13th year of his reign. Now, I want to read them two chapters, which seem like it's irrelevant, because I want to show you how God revealed Josiah, even the kid's name, probably seven generations before this man was born. I'm not sure how many generations, but it was a long time before he was born. God spoke about it. Let, let me keep going. Verse 3, it came also in the days of jo, Joachim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah. Now, Jeremiah was the prophet during these days, and Josiah was the king. Until the end of the 11 years of Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, until the carrying away of Jerusalem captive in the fifth month. Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. God is telling Jeremiah that before I formed you, uh, my man, I knew you already. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee and ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. When did God do that? He did that in the spirit realm. And Jeremiah had to be sent to the earth, into his mother's womb. He was a prophet at birth. He was born a prophet. Brothers and sisters, you was born blessed. Some of you was born prophets. Some of you was born teachers and pastors and evangelists. Glory, hallelujah, and apostles. Some of you was born that way. Glory, if you don't have a ministry gift, glory, hallelujah, you was, some of you was born craftsmen. If, if you read the 32nd chapter, I think it's 32nd chapter of Exodus, God put the spirit of wisdom in, certain, in people to do certain works in the temple, to make craftsmanship and, and build and broader and broader stuff and all that kind of stuff. Brothers and sisters, all of y'all have a gift. All of y'all have a place in this thing. But if you don't if you're not a minister per se, you still are a witness for the Lord. You shall be witnesses after the Spirit of God comes upon you. You have the witness. You within you, you have a grown man, you have eternal being living on the inside of you. Glory, hallelujah, for greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So he said, before he formed thee in the belly. See, he was created in the spirit before he was formed in the belly. Glory. God said, I already knew you. Before you came forth out of the womb, I sanctified you and ordained thee a prophet. Then said I, our Lord, God, behold, I cannot speak for I am a child. But the Lord said unto me, don't have that negative confession. Say not, I am a child, for thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Glory, don't have a negative confession. They call you to speak. Don't say, I don't know if I can do it. Don't have it. I say, get that confession out of your mouth. God told Moses to go speak. He said, I can't speak. God said, who made man's mouth? 
But he couldn't never get Moses to agree with him on that, so he had to get Aaron. What I'm saying is God didn't write that for you to say, I'm going to be like Moses in that particular area. He wrote that for you to learn from that. Don't make that mistake. So you could, you know, I'm not criticizing nobody. What I'm saying is don't don't take a story out of the Bible in an area where the guy might have been weak in that area and say, well, I'll do it that way. No, God wanted him to speak. God wanted wanted him to talk. God put his words in your mouth. He don't want you to be afraid of their faces. Hallelujah. He wants you to say what he tell you to say. And let me say this. Some of the things he told you to say is, I'm already healed. Glory, hallelujah, when you when, when sickness is, is racking through your body. He wants you to say, I'm already healed. He wants you to say, my God supplied all my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Why you broke, he wants you to say that. Why? Because he's already done it. And he can't do it unless you agree with his word. When you agree with his word, that's when he sends the help. He can only send the deliverance when you agree with what he didn't say to you before the foundation of the world. Glory. And what he said before the foundation of the world, he's caused to be written in this Bible. This is his plan. He know his thoughts towards you. That's also in Jeremiah. He said, I know my thoughts towards you. His thoughts are good and not evil to give you expected in. Thoughts of good. That is God's thoughts towards you. Sometimes men will try to make you God's, uh, think God's thoughts towards you is evil. No, it's good. First Kings, the 13th chapter, it says, And behold, there came a man of God out of Judah by the word of the Lord unto Bethel. And Jer Jer Jeroboam stood by the altar to burn incense. Incense. And he cried against the altar in the word of the Lord and said, O altar, altar, thus said the Lord, Behold, a child shall be born unto the house of David, Josiah by name, and upon thee shall he offer the priest of the high places that burn incense upon thee, and men's bones shall be burnt upon thee. Now this prophet was prophesying and called the name of a guy who was going to be born. He wasn't born until Second Kings in the 20-some verse. A whole chapter later, that's when Josiah was born. But how did God know he was going to be born, and how did God know his name? How did that kid's mama know the name in that? Anybody thought about that? How did they know that? Because God was seeing Josiah in the spirit because he was up there with him in spirit form before he sent them into the body. See, you have to read the word. You have to hear from God to know your divine destiny. And if you can't hear from God properly to learn it that way, God gave you a written word to decree, and you decree that written word, and you still decreeing God's will. See, God has given you his will. Whether you're hearing him with your spiritual ear or you're hearing him by reading the word, both ways are hearing from God. You could read the word and say, God told me, that I'm not going to get any virus. Yeah, because he said no, no plague shall come near your dwelling. When you hear a person speak that way, that's a person that believes the word. See, if, if a person really believes the word, they're going to talk that way. So, this, so God had showed this prophet what was going to happen probably seven, you know, kings later, that this king was going to be born. His name going to be Josiah. God knew the man's name. And I want to tell you this, God know your name. Why? Because you are an eternal being. And you should rejoice 
and you should be exceedingly glad because you already have healing, you already have money, and you already have all spiritual blessings. I bless you, and I say shalom. Hello, brothers and sisters. We're talking about eternal beings, which you are. Hallelujah. Father, give me the grace, Lord, to make this thing simple, Lord, to edify. Lord, put your words in my mouth, Lord Jesus, to bless, to uplift, to encourage, and to instruct, Lord, in your ways and in your precepts. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Let's go to Romans, the fourth chapter. Glory, hallelujah. And let's start at verse 6. Romans 4 and at verse 6, it says, even as David also described it, the blessedness of the man unto whom God imputed righteousness without works, saying, blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. Now, them that God was able to convince to accept Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior are blessed. Them that God cannot convince does not have eternal life. If he can't convince you to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you do not have eternal life and you will stand in the judgment. But David he described the blessing is a man unto whom the God imputed righteousness without works. Righteousness imputed is imputed unto people who have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. That means you did not earn the righteousness. And I'd have heard people preach, you know, um, got to be holy, you got to be righteous. Well, whose righteousness and whose holiness? Now, you're going to practice, you know, the, the word. You're not going to practice sin. But sometimes I perceive that they're saying it like it's a self-righteousness and not a imputed righteousness. And you need to correct your thinking on this because the Bible teaches that righteousness is imputed, meaning that you're not righteous of yourself, even though you are righteous. It is imputed unto you. Righteousness without works, saying, blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven. Iniquities mean a propensity to practice sin. Yes, that's what that means. They are forgiven and whose sins are covered. I mean, you could be missing it now, but that is covered <laughs> by the blood. Now, I want to ask you this. When I read that, some people might cringe. I want to ask you a question. Are you going to believe the word of God or are you going to believe what you've been taught your whole life? Is your choice. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord would not impute sin. You know, David knew this because he knew he sinned and it, he knew it wasn't imputed. Glory. Now, when you drop down, glory, hallelujah, at verse 16, it said, Therefore, it is a faith that it might be by grace. To the end, the promise might be sure to all the seed, not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Now, what's going on is God knew you before the foundation of the world. He chose you in him before the foundation of the world, that you should be holy without blame 
in love. Now, for him to know you before the foundation of the world, you had to be created before the foundation of the world. And God is the father of spirits. Your spirit was in him. Your spirit is one with him. And when you confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you are joined to God by your confession. And you are regenerated, regened. Your genes are changed in your body. Your blood is mingled with his blood. Your flesh is mingled with his flesh. You become one mind, one spirit. We have the mind of Christ. Say this, I have the mind of Christ. Say it again, I have the mind of Christ. Glory. So you're one spirit with the Lord. Because when you confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you were born again. And what was born of the flesh is flesh, but what is born of the spirit is spirit. Words are spiritual. So when it's talking about being born of the spirit, it's talking about using your words. God uses words to create. He uses words to change people. He used the words to regenerate people. I saw a video where Dr. Derek Prince was praying for people that legs was growing out all by using words. I command that leg to grow and it grew out. Use words to do it. Why? Because your words are a spirit. You cannot separate a man from his words just like you cannot separate God from his word. When God said that you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you have eternal life, my God, you have it. And you need to confess what that word says. Say this, say, I have eternal life. Say this, say, the Lord loves me dearly. Say this, say, I am accepted in the beloved. Inhale. Say, I'm accepted in the beloved. Exhale. Inhale again. The Lord loves me. Exhale. Say it again. Say, the Lord loves me. You think you're wasting your time saying that? You know what you're doing? You're building the consciousness of God's love into your spirit. And when you do that, it's going to drive out fear. The fear of death, which makes me act sometimes the way they act. They, they, they fear death because they hadn't confessed enough times that they have eternal life. It hadn't entered into their consciousness. And when you realize you have eternal life, you don't get so mad when you face with things of the world that might cause death because you have eternal life. But then when you read the word, when you say, no, evil shall befall thee, neither shall any plague come down your dwelling. First of all, you're not scared of death. Then you know you're not going to get it. Then, look, look, let me say another thing. It's another confession if you did get it. He is the Lord, my God, that heal it. So you cover it in all three ways. You can use, let's, let's, say, let's say your faith wasn't strong enough to not get it. See, then he's a healer. I didn't have to get healed. <laughs> so don't, be, don't think I'm saying something I'm not saying. But, but another level is you don't even have to get sick. But another level is you get sick, he the healer. Then look, another level is when it's time to go, you got eternal life. You just blessed. Hallelujah, you just blessed. So in verse 17, Romans 4 and 17, it says, as it is written, I have made thee a father men and nation. When did God make him that? In the spirit realm before he sent him to the womb. Before him whom he believed, even God who quickened the dead. He make the dead come alive. God, Jesus, is a quickening spirit. 
Brothers and sisters, you are immortal beings. And when you believe that, it's going to make you live to be 120. When you believe, and then when it's time to go, God going to come and say, hey, brother, you know, uh, you got to go. Tell your family, bye, come on to heaven. That's how it works. You won't die sick. Say this. Say, I refuse to die sick. And let's go a step further. Say, I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. Just refuse to be sick. Say this. Say, I refuse to be sick. I told I told a, a, a co-worker the other, the other day, and I know he didn't understand me because, you know, the natural man cannot uh, understand spiritual things. But I told him, I said, I was tempted to faint the other day. It was so hot. I said, I was tempted to pass out, but I'm not going to do it. He said, well, you can't say you're not going to do it. I said, yes, I can. The Bible told me to pray and don't faint. I refuse to faint. I ain't going to let you. I ain't going to faint so you can laugh at me. I make stuff out of joke to entertain people, but I be dead serious. You know what I mean? I be serious. You know what I mean? But I'm a jokester too now. So I teach that away. That's a little gift I got. I joke with you, but I be also serious. No, man, what we look like fainting. So if you get tempted to faint, don't do it. Start praying. Say, I refuse to faint in the name of Jesus. If you be tempted to, to, to uh, do anything, just refuse it. You know what I'm saying? If you get tempted to be sick, refuse to be sick. But then tell, tell you, say, man, I was tempted to, to get, get, get sick the other day. A headache tried to come, and I told her to go away. Well, God called it those things to be not as though they were because you was already blessed in the heavenlies. What it is is you got to straighten up stuff on this end, in this earth realm. You got to use your words and the authority that God's giving you to straighten things up, to make things line up by your confession. See, you don't consider your body, and you don't consider the things that you're looking at in the natural. I didn't have the time to get to that. That's where I wanted to go. But look, have a great weekend. Be blessed. I'll talk to you next week. Have a great day.